Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Jordan continues our series, Journey to the Manger, with a sermon called The Angel and Joseph. Scripture comes from Matthew 1, 18-25, and is read by Rick Young. Our scripture for today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18-25. through 25. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, but before they had lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child in her was conceived from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and have Give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had given birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Of course, we're going through Advent and talking about this journey to the manger and the different characters that uh, show up along the way. And you've heard the story already through scripture and through the children's message of Joseph and the angel and uh, the dream that he had after he found out Mary was pregnant. And I think a lot of us have probably been in the position that Joseph is in before, this feeling of like, Uh, When you thought life would kind of go this way, it ends up going that way. And the disorientation that can bring into your life, and the doubt, the confusion, grief that it can also bring. I think we've all been in that position before. This text in Matthew is doing just that. It's it's showing us that uh, it's taken us in an unexpected place, And it's also showing us the people that are involved in this cosmic event. And all of these are unexpected. Joseph, Mary, just very normal people. And uh, very normal circumstances. But God is doing something bigger and greater within their context. Before it is revealed that this greater story is upon them, uh, there's loss and pain. Joseph's whole life has been changed with just a few words. Mary is pregnant. At the beginning of scripture, it talks about Joseph wanting to quietly leave Mary because of this. And then, uh, this this would be considered uh, kind of like a, this actually comes from a movie, of course. Uh, (laughs) uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse this summer. 
Uh, but it's called a canon event, right? The canon event is meant that there's a moment in our lives that changes the whole trajectory, right? And they call those the canon events. This is a canon event for Joseph as well as Mary that all of a sudden everything is different. And a lot of us have those moments in our own lives, many moments in our lives, that we think about our life before that moment and our life now after that moment. That is what is happening to Joseph and Mary in these stories. These events, these canon events, often leave us at the very end of ourselves. We're disoriented, hurt, depressed, in shock. Um, you know, last year around this time, I remember I gave a sermon that was uh, kind of personal, vulnerable, uh, and then I, here I am again around the same time, probably going to do the same thing. Uh, but I think about this past year for myself, and it's one of those years that feels like a never-ending year. Have you ever had one of those? <laughs> it's one thing after another. And you feel like once you're just getting your head above water at one point, then it's somebody dunks you back down. I think for us, we, you know, during a kind of a rocky interim, and then uh, Michelle and I had two uh, failed IVF transfers, and then the summer taking on kind of associate and lead pastor roles for about six months, uh, then my my best friend, my dog, Cal, passed away. And then Michelle's uh, endometriosis kind of came back with a vengeance because of uh, those meds you take for IVF, the hormones. And we had a cancer scare with that because there's four masses they found. And we found out that's endometriosis. It had grown that big. That's what she's having surgery on Tuesday for. And so she's been in a lot of pain the last couple months. And then in the midst of all that, too, being her caretaker with that stuff, uh, you re I really noticed the absence of who was my caretaker, which was Cal. And things just, just a lot of pain and loss. And then unexpectedly, the, the other week, you all heard that uh, my uncle had passed away. And so we went back to Iowa for that uh, funeral. And so it just feels like, can we be done with 2023? Like, that's some magic thing, right? A new year, then everything's different again. Um, but it's been a hard year. It's been one of those times where things are disorienting. Uh, there's a lot of confusion, grief, doubt. Um, even for this sermon this morning, as I was prepping it, uh, kind of have a, having a conversation with God, kind of angry with him, and just wondering what can I say because it feels like I have nothing left to say. Have you ever been in those moments? You just don't feel like you have anything left. So that's been the story of my year. And so Advent means something different. It feels very different in the midst of all of that. And Rob Bell, these words brought me some comfort this morning when you think about he says, he says this, when you come to the end of yourself, you're at the exact moment in the kind of place where you can fully experience the God who is for you. So when we come to the end of ourselves, when we feel like we have nothing left, God can still surprise us. Joseph probably felt that way. He's like, my whole life has been blown up. My fiance is pregnant. It's not my child. And so he was at the end of himself as well. 
And then Joseph has a dream. He has a dream, and in scripture, I would say dreams often equal the intrusion of God into a settled world. Dreams play a big part in the Bible. We think of um, the other Joseph in the Old Testament having dreams. Daniel had dreams, Jacob, uh, and so many more. Dreams are a way of God conveying and communicating to people in a settled world. It's breaking through. It's a communication in the dark of the night that opens those of us who are asleep to a different world that we may one day inhabit. This may cause restlessness and uneasiness, tension, confusion with the way things are until the vision and the dream come true. It also says after the, in the scripture that Joseph was a righteous man. What does that mean? Because a lot of us have different, uh, different definitions of what righteous means, right? Sometimes when we think righteous, we think of somebody who's uptight, right? Think of somebody who's just holier than thou. But really in here, what it's meaning for Joseph is that Joseph's righteousness is based on love, not on law. Because back then, he had every right to leave Mary, according to the law. But he's a man of righteousness, so he trusts love more than the law. It has to do with trusting intuition and imagination, being in right relationship with the dreams of God. And by doing that, Joseph becomes faithful not to the conventions of the world, but to the heart of God. Trusting his intuition and imagination, trusting that this dream, even when waking up, he may not have felt like, you know, you ask your questions, was that really real? But he still took that intuition and said, I think I need to do this. I think I need to love. He took this non-anxious presence with his family, with Mary, trusting that in the end, this is going to work out. I think the key to that non-anxious presence is love. He's going to love Mary. He's going to love this child, even if he's uncertain about it. He's going to love God by taking care of his family. And he isn't doing it just because he's scared about going to hell. He's doing it out of love. He's doing it because he sees the sacred and the ordinary. He now knows that this isn't all that there is. There's a bigger story at play. In this text, we see that God uses what looks insignificant in real life, normal people, a baby, to reveal what is significant and transcendent. Ordinary humans are transformed into divine vessels, and humans are shown to be part of this story, part of this salvation history. The book of Matthew, and Matthew in this story specifically, he's trying to stress three fundamental Oh, did I miss it? Or I didn't put it in. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Three fundamental theological affirmations. God is incarnate in Jesus Christ. So God is in the human body of Jesus. And God is an active agent in the incarnation through the Holy Spirit because that's where the, the, the pregnancy came from. And then God participates actively in the human condition. God isn't shying away from the human condition. God is entering it. The very thing that it seems like is messing up everything, right? Our, our sinfulness, our, 
ways of messing things up, but God still becomes one of us. So God is with us, God is for us, God is ahead of us. The objective of Matthew is to demonstrate that Jesus is the incarnate one from God and his birth is this canon event, that nothing's going to be the same again. It's a concrete demonstration of God's incarnation among the poor and marginalized of the world then and now, that God chooses those who are considered lowly. God didn't become uh, a child of a king and a queen. God became a child of a carpenter and a mother who was probably under a lot of scrutiny in their community. Rob Bell also says that you find the divine through and in the human, not around it. Sometimes in Christianity we do this, we try to get rid of the humanity of it, we really focus on the divine of God, so then we forget about how the humanity of who we are, God created us to be, is also important. We always try to avoid it, we try to put it to the side, and we try to follow rules so that we seem kind of robotic or non-human sometimes. And I think back to uh, the past couple of years, it's been a, a oof. It's been a long three years. Uh, back to COVID and everything going on in there and being a pastor in the midst of that and really questioning kind of the call of being a pastor. It's like, can I do this forever? This is stressful. This is seeing members and family and friends and everything on social media during that time and just the confusion and the things that people share and the dominant Christian voices out there as well that I may disagree with, that really made me question, why do I do this? Why do I keep being a pastor? It kind of feels like it's not working. Have you ever felt that about your own jobs? feels like sometimes when you want to say something like, is anybody listening to the story we're telling? But the thing that brings me back time and time again of being a pastor and being a person of faith, Christian faith, is this incarnation that God became human. Unlike any other religion, stories, fables in the world, this is a God who believes that even though we are broken, the creation that he made was broken, that it's still lovable and still worth becoming human for. God became human. God is showing us our bodies are good, creation is good, life is good, and it'll get better. This is what the story is. This is what Advent is all about. We're anticipating, we're waiting the arrival of this Christ child that is going to change everything. We're awaiting that, and we're also at the same time awaiting a day when uh, heaven is on earth that all will be made right again, that all will be reconciled to God. Salvation, the Christmas story, Easter story, sometimes I believe it's been kind of watered down to this intellectual understanding of what Jesus did and that we must accept Jesus in order to receive grace and have eternal life. 
But I believe the Christmas story is so much deeper than that. It's showing us that salvation is the entire universe being brought back into harmony with its maker through humanity. If God really thought all of this was all messed up and beyond repair, beyond saving, and and not good, God wouldn't have come down in a small baby to be taken care of by God's own creation. God could just do whatever God wanted to. But God is telling this compelling story to us about who we are and what we're meant to do. We are now the ones who are embodying Christ in the world. We are now the ones that are showing others who Christ is and what the world can be. We are now dreaming alongside of Joseph and God that there is a better way, that there is a better world ahead. And we get to be a part of making that. God is with us. God is for us. And now we get to dream with God as to what yet is to come. God ahead of us, giving us hope. Uh, I think this is actually, yeah, the sinking didn't work this morning. So the last slide is a picture of, I really wanted to show it because this hair is interesting. Uh, <laughs> of Bernard of Clairvaux. It's a French name. So uh, he, when he was a young boy in the 12th uh, century church, he fell asleep outside the church while waiting to go in for Christmas Eve service. I expect all of you, I, I expect a line out there on Christmas Eve, okay? <laughs> Cots out there, you're sleeping out there ready for it, like he was. In his sleep, he said he had a dream, a kind of vision in which he saw very clearly and distinctly how the Son of God, having espoused human nature, became a little child in his mother's womb. In that act, he came to see how God's heavenly majesty was mingled with sweet humility. This vision so filled young Bernard's heart with comfort and jubilation that throughout his life, he kept a vivid memory of it. What was it that filled his heart with joy? It was nothing other than the fact that God chose to be with us, Emmanuel. Out of love, Jesus was conceived, and out of love, he chose to die. There is something in us that God finds lovable. So if you're like me, and you're in this moment in time and space of uncertainty, of doubt, sadness, depression, oh, it's back, there we go, okay, Look at the hair. Uh, (laughs) It's a wild haircut. Um, If my hair ever gets this way, just tell me, Jordan, just shave it, okay? (laughs) So that that, that fed him through the rest of his life. He had this vision, this dream, and saw what the purpose and the greatness of the incarnation of God is in this baby Jesus. So if you're holding space with doubt, uncertainty, if your days feel inconsistent, one day you feel good, happy, the next day all of a sudden you don't feel good at all. Remember that God is with you, that we're not alone in those spaces of grief, doubt, hurt, anger, sadness. The incarnation gives me hope because it shows that God is with me, God is with you. God is with all of us. These spaces also remind us of our own humanity and the need that we have for God, for that hope 
that we find through Christ. And in those spaces, as we are gentle with ourselves, graceful with ourselves, to remember that others may be going through that as well. There's a lot of pressure this time of year in our culture that this is a merry and bright, happy time. Uh, And I love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas. uh, But this Christmas has felt uh, different. Um, It's one of the first Christmases I haven't really watched any of my Christmas movies. I haven't really listened to Christmas music. And I, I struggled with that. I felt bad about that. But then I was like, no, that's okay. It's not that type of Christmas this year. But God is still with me. God is still with you. And I think if Joseph can adjust his expectations in a canon event of his life and live into God with us, God for us, and God ahead of us, we also can do that. These are the stories of scripture that help us in our everyday lives. It's not just a a collection of stories that don't mean anything to us here and now, but it's timeless timeless truth about humanity and who we are in relation to God. And even if it doesn't feel like God is with you, if it even feels like God isn't for you, God is still ahead of you, paving the way, showing us the way that one day we can hold on to the hope that there is a better tomorrow. Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, may you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.